Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to our third episode of Back to Batch Pod. This week, I'm very excited. My guest is Paulina. I've known her since first year university when we lived together in res and we had all our first year engineering classes together and we were miserable together. But she has a great wealth of bachelor knowledge, so I'm very excited to welcome her to the podcast today. Oh, thanks, Carissa, for the intro. Yeah, I guess I do have. I mean, I watch practically every season. It's like every year I think that I'm not going to watch it, and then I just get sucked into, you know, the spoilers in particular. However, this season I have not yet read the spoilers, so <laughs> I can give good guesses <laughs> instead. Yes, always the spoiler. So you, you're saying you haven't, no. you haven't looked this season? No, no really. Not at all. I've, I've avoided it for this up until probably your podcast and then maybe I'll go look at the spoilers after. Yeah, after, after the recording you'll send me a message right after. Yes, and be like I was wrong or right, who knows, what my <laughs> guess is. Yeah, um, I guess first things first, I think we have some follow-ups and corrections from last episode with Rachel and I. Do you maybe <laughs> want to correct us and Give me the proper explanation <laughs> for trauma bonding. Ah, uh, yes, trauma bonding. So after I guess I heard that, I was so confused because I was like, how, how would you, I mean, I get it if you like bond um, from like a similar trauma, like that would like make sense. But again, it's in the context of what Google told me is that it's basically when you've dealt with some trauma and then you kind of like accept that from like other people. So for example, like, you know, abuse or whatnot, right? That's, I think, what it was, the underlying yeah. kind of statement of it, but, you know, yeah, I think in the other definition, too, that you guys defined it as. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it is. I think the correct definition is more along the lines of you bond with the thing that is created the trauma for you, Yeah. not, not just two separate people <laughs> having separate experiences yeah together, i guess so. that would be more like emotional bonding you know where you yeah. bond with people based on yeah what you've kind of gone through together or separately yeah. i guess but it's like similar traumas right i mean that's what kind of aligns with yeah but i think just to clear that up we were we were wrong in our definition so fixing that now we know and then the second now we know <laughs> um the second correction or follow-up, perhaps, is that after speaking to a reliable source, I now understand that you do take your helmet off in a hockey fight because if you leave them on, particularly if only one person leaves them on, you're kind of, like, too protected and too invincible, and whoever has the helmet on will just win or, or the fight will go on a long time. So Rachel was kind of right about it sort of being like a gentleman spider a thing where if you take your helmet off so it's more fair uh, that would make sense yeah, yeah. So then you can knock the yeah, head I get off. it now <laughs> the things you will learn on a bachelor podcast starting at the top we come in part way through the rose ceremony carl has been stirring the pot so i don't know what are your thoughts i guess on Maybe Carl's behavior so far, yeah. maybe how Katie's been so far this season, but I think we all probably have something to say about Carl. <laughs> yeah, I guess Carl has been kind of the, the highlight of the past, I guess, yeah, episode, and then like this episode, he was fairly heavily involved. But I don't know, I kind of noticed because I guess obviously I've watched other seasons, so it kind of seems like any time, you know, someone throws like the other guys on their bus, it ends up like damaging their relationship with you know the the main girl right so I think on his side it was probably like dumb to add that in without even like saying what other what guys he actually thought were not here for the right reason like you know that thing where you can um where you're supposed to like take a shot every time someone, someone says like not here for the right reason like you'd be yeah. blackout drunk on this episode <laughs> if that because the amount of time that they said not here for the right reason was way too many I think. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I agree. I think Carl is, he's been pretty sloppy in his execution of this whole thing. Yeah. I mean, I think he was also there not for the right reasons. 
you know, like, I feel like he probably thought that he wasn't developing a good enough connection with Katie. So then he thought like, oh, if I, you know, tell her that the other guys are not here for the right reasons and she'll see me in a better light. Like, I think that's probably his like mindset. That's probably the mindset of like a lot of guys that end up throwing the other guys under the bus, you know? So yeah. he, he didn't state any names, so. Yeah. No, I think if anything, he was just a little out of touch even thinking that yeah, exactly. their connection was maybe even stronger than it was. Um, but so we see Andrew S and Trey both get really fired up which is highly amusing but then also they're like really fired up I'm like okay this is interesting we'll see how you guys handle any kind of drama in the future yeah because sometimes like those are the guys that'll also get into drama late in the season exactly yeah they might be here for a while because they definitely do need like characters to be able to keep the drama alive like i mean i guess we'll see later on who was the next uh guy who created the drama because otherwise the show is just fairly drama free and then you only have kind of like in their dates what happens but you kind of want to have like a bit more drama i guess in the house as much as it's probably not fun for the guys or the girls in the house to deal with the drama but it creates better entertainment yeah yeah, I agree, like, to some extent. I think it's also fairly unavoidable when you have that many people together that long yeah. in a house. Even a group of the most, like, chill, like, people who normally would hate drama, like, you would even get drama then, I'm sure. So yeah, too many people in yeah. one roof with different opinions. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I thought it was super funny when Carl went into the other room just to get away from everyone. He's just, they show him, like, shadow boxing and I remember seeing that clip in one of the previews and I was thinking oh man like why is he gonna be doing this like is he gonna be fighting someone like and no he's just standing in a room by himself not about to physically fight anyone just isolating himself and like shadow boxing to like fire himself up to like walk out into the rose ceremony and i was just yeah. like oh man this guy is get his like adrenaline up so he's like yeah i got this like katie's gonna definitely give me a rose and then oh, just yeah. like from there it went like downhill real quick <laughs> yeah well i think this is maybe i don't remember another season where they told someone mid rose ceremony like we as a unit don't like Carl. Yeah. And that was Mike P saying that, but I was just sh- shocked. Same, when he, like, came up and, like, after he got the rose and just, like, stated that statement, I was like, man, that is, like, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised because, like, I feel like Mike P is that, like, you know, good guy that, you know, stands up for women and whatnot. So when he, when he said that, I was not surprised. Like, that's something that I could see him saying, but not in front of not during the rose ceremony. Like, I feel like he would have said that prior to the rose ceremony. So I think they just didn't have a chance to, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I know Greg went and snuck in to go see her, but really she was pretty unavailable. So um, I wasn't sure how I felt about it too. Like, I think I'm okay with it for now, especially given that they did it once, but it is pretty... It's a bold It's move. a pretty aggressive move. Yeah. Yeah. And I think... And this comes in later, too, when they start talking about Thomas, which, like, we'll get to. But they're starting to be like, oh, we as a house think like this. And I kind of am like, well, that's nice, but you're not the one making the decision. Exactly. Yeah, I think in that case, honestly, because the fact that then Katie, like, went back and talked with uh, Tasha and Caitlin about it, saying, oh, I was going to keep Carl, but now that... Mike P came up and told me otherwise she kind of like questioned her decision right so she could have maybe like missed out on a good connection that she would have wanted but I don't know I think it's like hard for her to like be able to trust who's telling her the truth right yeah I do think she maybe didn't have the strongest connection with Carl and maybe didn't trust him the most anyways true I think if it was someone else she probably would have stuck to her decision a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, probably like with Greg, right? Greg was the first impression though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was sad to see a couple of, uh, like, to see John go home. He's been pretty nice and had some pretty funny faces. 
around the house, so that was a little bit sad. Expressions, yeah. Oh, I feel like in, like, even up to, like, episode three, you don't really develop, like, as a viewer, I think. Like, I haven't really mm-hmm. developed, like, a strong, con- not connection, what do you call it? Where you're, like, you know, super, like, rooting for someone. Like, obviously, I think, like, Greg is, well, I'll just say it, I think Greg is a front runner, obviously, because he got the first date, but, um, like, you're not, like, m- you know, rooting for anyone yet, I think. I think there still has to be a lot of, like, on-screen time for me to really decide like okay I'm rooting for this guy or I'm rooting for that guy or I'm sad that this guy had left because I thought they would have a good connection you know yeah like there's not really any shocking eliminations at this point there isn't no (laughs) no I don't even know if Carl said goodbye to her on the way out the door though shoot you're right they didn't show it if he did but he oh yeah he might have not he just walked out I mean, obviously, if a whole group of guys technically thinks the same about you, that they want you out, why would you say? But I guess he should have said goodbye to Katie. Yeah, like, I'm sure he didn't want to talk to any of those guys, but they didn't show him saying goodbye to Katie. That's true. Which I'd be pretty curious to see. I wonder if he did and they didn't show it, but the reason I think that maybe isn't what happened is just because I imagine he would have been so salty or, like, fired up. Like, like it wouldn't have been so boring for them to cut it. That is true. I guess it wasn't dramatic enough, probably. Because they definitely, like, pick and choose, like, which clips that they show, right? Yeah. So they choose the most dramatic ones, and if that one was just, like, a, you know, silent goodbye. <laughs> I don't think it'd be, like, worth it for the viewer to see that whatever he's gone I didn't really care about him either so yeah we're we're glad he's gone we appreciate her decisiveness and just sending him home sending the drama home so yeah she's gonna have to do that a lot more moving on to the group date we have a handful of the guys coming in with Nick Vial and it's basically just a confession session where you know they're just like what's your past relationship history like what's something you need to get off your chest um like I've known you two weeks three weeks like let's open up to each other and just do it all together and I mean there's very little commentary from Nick or anything like that did Nick even oh yeah he just said like the first statement and that was pretty much everything yeah I think he was just facilitating really yeah I was shocked that he was there because I do listen I guess he has a podcast (laughs) and so I have listened to his like podcast and he seems like he has a lot to say so the fact that he was there not really I guess it was more for the guys than Katie to kind of really be the ones talking yeah so he probably didn't want to or maybe he did add off screen right but I kind of would have wanted to know a bit more what he thought yeah you know like his his because yeah on his podcast he did a lot of like you know almost like therapy session relationship advice so been cool oh, to really oh yeah hmm. you should listen to podcast. Huh. but anyway I was been cool to see like what his perspective on what the guys had said would have been you know like advice I guess but yeah that wasn't the intention of the session anyway so yeah, I thought they did a pretty good job of kind of keeping it focused and not getting into it too much. Um, yeah, what did you think of that kind of group date, though? Because they've never done something like this, at least in the episode seasons that I've watched. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was maybe not as interesting for the viewer as some of the other ones they've done, but probably a really, really useful thing to do for Katie and the contestants and like personally the group dates are never that interesting because there's always too many people for there to be like any real like emotional storyline so I thought it was pretty good I'd be happy for them to do something like this every season like in some way shape or form yeah I think they talked about like a lot of good like tough topics you know I guess that's kind of with the I guess like 2020 and 2021 have kind of been more about you know exposing certain things right and, like, having those, like, tough conversations, right? Yeah, yeah, like, definitely some heavy stuff. I think I cried probably three times this episode, and I had to watch it in bits and pieces because I've been really busy, and so I would, 
like cry about something and then I'd come back and then they would talk about it like five minutes later on TV but it was like me having done something for like an hour in between so then I just had to cry about it all over again yeah definitely like an emotional almost like depressing episode I guess but that's like I think it's kind of good to show like the other side of relationships too right that it's not just like all these you know fancy days that there's always like a story behind because I realize I feel like for the most part in other seasons they've always done these kind of talks in like the fantasy fantasy suites not like in group settings right that's a lot to expose on like national tv yeah and I think a lot of it a lot of them did a good job of kind of like you share your bit and if you want to get into a bigger conversation with her about it now you can because she kind of has had that first step um but yeah it opened the door yeah like her to have like further discussions I mean I think that's what she wanted she seems to know what she wants mm-hmm. she's very like determined yeah comparison to like previous bachelorettes but yeah yeah I agree um just to kind of recap I guess what was featured in that segment we learned that Hunter has two kids and was divorced, which I did not know he had kids or had been married or anything. So that was news to me. Um, We also know that Aaron's father had a stroke. And so he had like a relationship with a girl who went through a similar experience, which we now know is not called trauma bonding. bonding. (laughs) Um, And then... Connor B really um like gets into it and kind of explains that you know like he he's had like some substance abuse problems but has worked like through therapy um and tried to make amends and like moved on with his life from that um and those I think were like the main ones that they featured they did show like just little clips of a lot of the other guys talking and opening up and except for Thomas except for Thomas (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> what did you think of Thomas's whole statement? Because I was... I yeah. That. The notes that I took, it's, it's kind of like he came in and he said, I didn't really know if this was going to work out. You know, I kind of thought best case it does. Worst case, I still get a platform or maybe become The Bachelor. But I think you're great and like I'm totally in this for you now. And I think, like, I know Ashley Iaconetti has said similar things, even where she's like, I came in and I was fully open to it, but I was also very cognizant of the fact that, like, statistically, it probably wouldn't work out. I'd probably go home early and now I'd have more of a platform. So I don't, like, I don't have a huge issue with that, assuming that you come into it and you're truly like fully open to allowing it to happen if it does and the part of it that doesn't really make me thrilled is he's like oh yeah like I went on a date a date the week before I left I'm like if you're going on a date the week before you leave like obviously you know you're leaving are you really going in in good faith like are you even trying to be open-minded at that point exactly I don't know he went on a date the week I mean that kind of like shocked me when he said that I was like a week before Mm -hmm. he goes on a date with a girl and then it's like oh yeah I'm just going on like the bachelorette the next week like what if you actually made a connection with that girl that you saw the week before and then then at that point I feel like he would definitely be on the show just for the to create a platform which I think majority people that go on this show do go in wanting to create a platform the side thing is is to find love right I think the main thing is to find love for a lot of them but I think they're very aware of the fact that it's almost like if that doesn't happen which statistically like my odds are not great then I still get this platform and that's great but I think like for the most part you come in and you're like this is the main thing and I will be very open to this but I don't know if that was his number one thing or if he was like I'm here for sure for the platform the like bachelorette part I don't know 
Yeah, I think what I gathered from his statements and during that like group date was that he's very manipulative, right? So his he'll answers were say, weird. Exactly. So he'll he he was basically just complimenting her the whole time, and then saying, you know, I'm just here for you, so on and so forth. So the fact that he keeps trying to say that during a great during a group date where you're supposed to be talking about you know tough things that you've dealt with in your life and he was just complimenting her the whole time did he say anything throughout that time that was something that was you know traumatic or like tough that he dealt with unless i like missed that whole part because i was only focusing on his manipulation they didn't show anything like that's i think i think aaron brought it up he was like we're supposed to be being really vulnerable and, like, yes, part of being vulnerable was kind of, like, admitting to mistakes or, like, something you're not proud of. But I didn't feel like he was emotionally vulnerable. I felt like he put his foot in his mouth a lot. Like, you could have said it a lot better. Like, it is a bit of a slap in the face, I think, to some of the guys who were really, really vulnerable. Super slap in the face. I mean, think about, it, like, Hunter or who was that? Yeah, Connor. Mm-hmm. You know, with that really hard stuff. And then you have Thomas. Even if I believe what he's saying when he says that, like, at this point, I'm super into Katie, I'm just here for Katie. Even if I pretend I completely believe that, I think it kind of shows that he doesn't have the emotional depth that I think you should have if you're trying to get engaged and be married this early. Like, you had a great opportunity to open up about something. Right. And you focused on that you basically wanted to be bachelor yeah wait who was it that called him out about yeah i guess only wanting to be here to be the bachelor and then they kept it was hunter oh yeah hunter right like during what yeah when they were just sitting there and then thomas just kept saying how he's only here for katie and then kept not answering the question and then someone yeah someone else in the group called him like a psychopath or sociopath Whichever one it is. Yeah, right? Aaron had some hot sound bites. <laughs> called him psychopath. I think that was Aaron. Aaron definitely called him a cancer. He was uh, yes. quite cancer. fired up. Yeah, what was this quote? Thomas is a cancer and should be cut out. <laughs> yeah. Or the other one was, if he digs himself a ditch further, then I'm out of shovels. That was Hunter. And I really do commend him for saying... Like, you gotta come, like, you have to own up to this or, like, make amends or something. Like, the house is gonna be a mess. It's not gonna end well. And Thomas just didn't really care. He did. And I also, like, Connor B was definitely trying to be like, well, let's see what he does at the rose ceremony. Like, let's see what he does tomorrow. Like, I don't know. Like, he was definitely trying not to come down with a hard judgment, which I think some of the other guys were doing really quickly. Like, they're like, oh, he interrupted our time. And I'm like, welcome to the show. Like, relax. Um, But then when Connor found out, he kind of said different versions of things to different people. He was like, no, I'm done with this guy. Yeah, I mean, the moment you say different things to different people in a group setting like that, eventually people are going to talk to each other and realize, oh, he didn't actually tell me that. You know, it's like his word eventually got around. However... I think that Thomas is fairly entertaining, so I feel my prediction, okay? Again, have not listened to spoilers, so this is all (laughs) me observing the show. But he's going to be one of those on, like, the two-on-one dates. Oh. Hmm. That's my assumption. However, with Katie's, like, you know, bold thing of getting rid of guys who create drama in the house, maybe he Mm -hmm. won't last that long. Yeah, I don't know, that's a good point. I think it's a little early in the season for a two-on-one, but... Yeah, no, I'm saying, like, later on, if they keep him, right? Because he's definitely... He yeah. He stirs up drama like no other. But then Katie has a connection with him. You can kind of tell that. Yeah, definitely more than the other guy she's already sent home for exactly. creating drama. She definitely has more of a connection with Thomas, so... Yeah, we'll see about that. But I feel like that's because um, he's manipulating her. Right, so she's being manipulated into feeling because he's he's very good with his words. I think Aaron literally said that he's like Carl's just too dumb, but Thomas is like a sociopath. 
There we go. That was the statement. That's where I was like, yes. Aaron has, honestly, I like Aaron. Aaron has a bunch of, like, good one-liners. I like him, too. I think he's maybe a little bit hot-headed, but he's very, very decisive and says what he means, apparently, so. Yeah, he's also Um, good, I guess, entertainment for the show. Yeah, I think he'll stick around, like, deep in the midfield. Um, Like, I don't think she'll have a strong connection with him, but he's... Mm -hmm gonna cruise through for another few there, days yeah. i think have you already yeah. done like your your predictions no no like i do week by week picks but that's it the other thing i guess we should touch on from that date is that katie shared that when she was around 20 or so she was involved in a situation where there wasn't really consent and she shared that with the guys and kind of how it affected her and her life and sex life and relationships moving forward and how she was just really you know obviously and understandably a bit traumatized by that and I think I mean we're gonna say pretty unequivocally here that you know like you're you're not at fault you're not too drunk you're not too stupid or young or naive like if you're not giving a yes then it should be a no and consent is really important and exactly I think it was really good of her to share that and all the guys were really supportive of that as well. Exactly, yeah, I'm glad that the guys were, like, super supportive of that and kind of, I guess, appreciating that she kind of shared that, because that's for sure not something easy to share, right? I mean, with the whole, like, Me Too movement, I know that a lot of people are coming out with, you know, things that they've experienced in the past as well, and it's it's not something that is easily shared, because you're still kind of, you know, healing the, because the moment, I guess, when you, you know, re-say it, a situation that you dealt through it's kind of almost like reliving that situation right so for her to be able to like share that on national television I think is pretty amazing yeah like I think you know she mentioned her mom didn't even know about it and exactly when she said that her mom didn't know I was like man like she yeah. did this and then decided I guess maybe because she did speak of, who was it who was it with Connor, I think, on their one-on-one day where she spoke to him about it, saying that she wasn't anticipating talking about this, but it just felt like it was right based on what the guys shared throughout the session. Yeah, like, I think she's probably had a couple of things and that she maybe could have shared, and it's kind of, like, matching the energy in the group, or, you know, like, that's obviously a big part of her relationship history, and but I'm sure there are other things that she, she could have talked about that would form that as well. But I think it was kind of her acknowledgement too of like how much the other guys had put on the line and yeah. some of the stuff they shared was really heavy as well. Exactly. So super, uh, super heavy. I mean, I feel like yeah, it's crazy that the, like also just about like how they set up the setting where it was just, you know, a bunch of chairs in a room. Yeah. It, kind of reminds it was very me, stripped down. It was like a, you know, a therapy session or something, you know? Yeah. yeah heavy stuff heavy stuff but I'm glad that they talked about it especially like early on I think that's important because it seems to be important to like um Katie too to talk about the you know deep dark stuff that's going on in their lives or past lives as well yeah and I think it'd be really hard to argue that that group date didn't bring them all closer together and really achieve its purpose absolutely Yeah, I feel like whenever you have tough conversations with people, at least when I do, you tend to, you know, either sympathize or be able to, like, empathize a bit more with that person because you have an understanding of, oh, okay, this is what they dealt with in their past. This is how far they've come, right? So for, like, Katie, Katie, again, when she said that she used to not be super sex positive, right? I mean, to come out of that and be, you know, this advocate for sex positivity is pretty impressive, I think. that She, like, got herself out of that, you know, that mindset, right, of what she had dealt with. Yeah, like, the growth from everyone in the group all around, you could definitely, like, it showed it off really well tonight. Yeah. Um, And then we kind of have, I guess, the evening portion of that date, where I don't really think there was too, too much drama. Like, obviously, Thomas interrupted Aaron, and then they all flipped out about it, and he basically just, Katie had talked to him and confronted him about what he'd said and saying like oh I have some red flags and then he basically had no red flags to talk about and he was saying he just like choked and got rattled and then 
his attempt to smooth it over and make it better was basically just like reassuring her like, oh, but like, I really like you and I'm here for you. And it's just scary sometimes, which like is fine, but doesn't really address the question or fix anything. And so I think basically the takeaway from the evening portion of the date, in my opinion, is Thomas is badly trying to cover his butt and the guys are overreacting to being interrupted because that happens every season. They clearly didn't watch the other seasons, evidently. I mean, majority of those guys go in blind, is what I've realized, right? Very few of them actually, like, watch prior seasons to see, like, what I'm getting into. But, um, yeah, about Thomas's comment, which I wrote down, because this was an amazing statement by him. He said, fear and love are routed in the same concept. <laughs> and I had to take a moment and wrap my head around how he how he came up with that fear and love are like the same concept right like I get that you're being vulnerable and it's scary to be that vulnerable do you think he came up genuine though like if you watch that clip of him like do you think he was genuine no like I think at best he's like emotionally locked down and is just putting up a wall and is just saying like I really really like you and, like, that's kind of not a very expressive way to say things. Or, like, it, it's very surface-level statement. Like, there's nothing behind it except, like, don't worry, I really, really like you. So, like, I don't know if he's genuine. He's either not genuine or he's just literally, like, doesn't know how to handle the situation express himself. Like, it didn't look good. It yeah. certainly didn't look good. Exactly. And then he also just avoid, he avoids the question. You know, it's like a politician, right? You ask them a question and they completely like reroute around it. So they like reroute around it and don't actually answer what you're asking them, right? Like when Katie, as you said, had asked him about, you know, what are your red flags? He didn't say anything about his red flags. No, he didn't even say something like, oh, like what I meant when I said that was just like, we all have things to uncover. Like he didn't even say like, oh, no, no, that's not how I meant it. He just didn't answer. Didn't answer. So I wonder yeah. how Katie feels about that, though. Because if someone... Well, she didn't seem very happy with his answer. That's true. But then she went off, I think, in her... One of her, like, one-on-one sessions, I guess, with the camera people or whatever. Um, and she was talking about how she does have a connection with Thomas. But she, then, she does, and she has since the beginning. But That's true. She's probably doubting that connection more this week than last, than last week, week, for example. Yeah, because she's realizing that. He's basically trying to put together the perfect words. Yeah. So I'm very interested to see how this will all play out. But I hope the they good news him. is... Oh, sorry. What was I that? hope they keep him for, you know, <laughs> just to stop the drama. Although I think this episode was a bit too much about Thomas. I agree. Thomas yeah. was the center. I mean, like, my, my general analysis of that episode was that, wow, it was just like Thomas, Carl, Thomas, Carl. Aaron came in a bit too. Yeah. I mean, the good news is Thomas didn't get the rose. Connor got it. And then she got an amazing one-on-one date with Michael. Yeah. So I thought that one-on-one was so cute and it went so well. And like, obviously Michael shares with her that his wife um, very sadly passed away from breast cancer shortly after the birth of their son or was diagnosed shortly after. And then I think a few years later passed away, but he's so like authentic, I think when he's sharing that with her and he, he's just like really finally getting his chance to connect with her and shine and getting like the longer time that he needs. But I don't know. I thought it was so sweet the entire date, and I really liked him after that. I agree. They have a really cute connection, I guess. I also think just the fact that he's been through a lot, right? Like, he's a single dad. You know, his wife passed away, and he is older, I believe. I think he's, like, 36, Exactly. she's 30. Exactly. So he's definitely had, like, he's been through stuff in life, you know? It's not like he's some of the other guys that barely you know gone through anything so I think he's just very mature 
I think he knows what he wants as well. So he's kind of on maybe like the same level as Katie, where they both kind of like know what they want. They they want commitment and they want a relationship, right? So I feel like that's where their relationship kind of shines in that sense. Yeah, I think one of the things he said that I really appreciate is he said like, as soon as I'm not feeling it with you, like I'll tell you and I'll leave. And it's it's definitely something that no, he's like not messing around. Like he's like, if I didn't think there was something here, like I have better places to be. Exactly, um, which makes sense. I think a lot of the contestants that come on who have, you know, either are single parents, I mean, all of them should be single parents, but majority of them are there not to waste time, right? You want to be at home with your kids, right? But you're taking a chance to fall in love with someone yeah. on a show, right? Yeah, and I think, again, like, really good for Michael for kind of reaching the point where he's, the way he's expressing it, saying, like, I will still kind of always forever have these feelings and memories about this part of my life, but that doesn't mean I can't build something else with someone else. And, I mean, I think Katie... Like, I'm almost crying now. It was so sweet. I think she was crying after, too. Like, just the way someone who is, like, so in love and wants to do it again describes it and isn't left, like, with a bad taste in their mouth from it. Like, he's just so, like, optimistic about it in general. He's very genuine. Yeah, and I'm just so glad it went well for them that, like, they were really connecting and it was going well. So I really hope he goes, I hope he goes far, but I'm almost like, oh, no, just send him home if you're not going to pick him. If you're not going to pick him, yeah. I mean, I think he's definitely a top contestant probably after that date. But who knows what's going to happen afterwards, right? Because, you know, she may see him as, like, obviously I see him as, like, a pretty genuine, mature man. And so she probably sees that too, but then she might build a deeper connection with, let's say, Thomas, for example. <laughs> you know, and then she'll feel bad because he's too much of a good guy. But Katie's a good girl, so it's like, I don't know. Yeah, I thought he was going to go home fairly early, like, originally in the season, but I don't know. That was a really good one-on-one now. I think he goes, I don't know, top six? Top six? good not top four I don't know maybe she wouldn't keep him that long I don't know the thing is it's hard to tell with her still because she's into a lot of different types of guys and at different points in their life and it's the kind of thing where when you're watching at home the person who is really realistic and down to earth like you think is a great choice and then a lot of times it feels like they get to the end and there's like two guys left and they pick someone who's who they think is, like, more out of their league, or, like, I don't know, like, I feel like Hannah, Hannah B, like, got scared of Tyler C, because she's, like, it's too perfect with you, and then she went with Jed, which was obviously a horrible decision, and, like, yeah, it's really interesting at the end, because I feel like they get scared, and they try to do what, like, maybe their gut, or, like, the opposite of what their gut tells them, like, to see, like, it's, like, a very reflexive decision, I think, when it gets down to it at the end, and I don't know, like, what Katie will do at the end. I think Kate, because majority of the leads, they end up following what their parents kind of tell them, especially if they value their family, right? So if their family meets the guy and the guy, you know, ends up doing a good impression on the parents and whoever other family members, then I feel like the girl lead is more likely to then go with that guy. At least that's what I've, my observations of previous seasons. Yeah, I don't know. I can never tell what's going to happen at the end. I never know every time. So I think you maybe can. you're right. There's certain signs. <laughs> well, maybe you can. <laughs> because obviously I read the spoilers. Not not for the, keep in mind, not this season again. Not this season, <laughs> but other seasons. Disclaimer, after this I shall, maybe, unless <laughs> I want to actually like test if, you know, I see the clues. Because I have noticed in previous seasons when you know, I, I catch up with the spoilers and see, okay, let's see, like, what hints did, like, the producers give in the editing? Because there's a way that they edit it that either portrays one person or the other to win. Hmm. At least that's interesting. See, that's why you gotta, you gotta watch the spoilers, Curtis. <laughs> oh, maybe. We'll see. I won't. 
I won't because I'm in elite. Yeah, and I'm in a fantasy league. All so right, I will state league. that I am not gonna like look at spoilers this season, but maybe next season we'll see. After the one-on-one, they move into just the house and kind of drama in the house and everyone kind of talking about Thomas again. And it reminded me of Hannah B's season where with Luke P, all the guys were like, Luke P is trash. Like, and Hannah was like, well, thank you for telling me. I'm, I'm not saying you're lying. Like, I acknowledge what you said but I need to make this decision myself and I need to feel it and see it myself and like know that this is like my decision. And she kept him like till really late in the game, but she said like, stay in your lane. I make my own decisions. I know and trust myself that I will see this and like make the right decision in the end and the rest of you can shut up. And then that's exactly what she did. And she sent him home and there was like no doubt like no regret like she knew she was doing like what she wanted to do and she was like really determined in it and I'm I'm glad Katie's been decisive sending guys home but I'm worried that like she's not gonna stand up to them like I'm worried that she needs to set that boundary exactly I think yeah she's taking the other guys's opinions very seriously and that that's influencing her decisions right because take with like with Carl she was gonna keep him but because the guys turned their back on him, she sent him home. Yeah, I think next episode will be really interesting to see how she handles this because you with know, Thomas, it's, yeah, it's Thomas. It's like someone she actually likes. She's gonna keep him. I think she's gonna keep him, but it'll be interesting to see how she handles the rest of the house because so far all she's been saying is like. I want them to be my eyes and ears in the house. Like, thank you for your honesty. And it's like, well, at what point do you have to push back on that and be like, I can't see it. I can't make a decision off of like, just what you guys are all saying. And we'll see if she, like, obviously she cracks at some point. Like there's the outtake of her being like, book my flight. I'm going home. So. Oh yeah. I do remember that. I mean, that's happens with every, I feel like every lead. They yeah. get to a point where there's so much drama in the house, and then they basically give up because they think that all the guys are lying to them, and so they don't know who yeah. to trust. And then they're yeah. like, "Everyone's here for the wrong reasons. No one's here actually for me," which ninety-nine so. percent of them is not the case. I mean, there is like obviously like a few of them, which I think she's weeding out one by one. Quickly. Yeah, she's doing it quickly. So, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, speaking of next episode. They showed possibly Blake coming in. I don't know if that'll actually happen next episode. I think I find like they'll tease it this episode and then they'll cliffhanger it next episode. And so we'll probably really see Blake in like two episodes. But I'm not looking forward to seeing him. The guy's kind of like meh. I mean, also, a source of entertainment. That's how I see this. Because otherwise, I wouldn't be watching this show for this many seasons. Yeah, I think that was most of what happened this episode. I don't know if I had any other strong thoughts. I did I did want to point out that when Hunter was, like, confronting Thomas, Thomas walked in, and it was really awkward. And whoever was sitting next to Hunter on the couch just went, like, bop, bop, bop. And he just, like, made a noise or something and they didn't cut it out (laughs) i love when they do that (laughs) i just like watched it i was like oh that's interesting what they add i'm so excited to see the bloopers like my grouping of the after after the final rose when they do the bloopers i live for those i think i think this group of guys like overall for the most part is like pretty down to earth gets along pretty well like most of them like I think the bloopers are gonna be hilarious exactly I'm excited let's fast forward to the bloopers you know what they should do they should add this into there that like after each episode they add in the bloopers this is like a fun like maybe on like twitter or like as a tiktok or something but yeah so I don't know was there anything else you wanted to talk about about this episode we kind of already 
exhausted ourselves on Carl and Thomas and we're over them. So. We literally did. That was basically the highlight. I mean, that was the storyline. Like, I think the producers basically made this episode just about Carl ruining the night and then Thomas manipulating Katie and the rest of the guys. The one-on-one, of course, was really cute when they were, like, sitting. Were they laying? No, they were laying down and watching the stars. That was also super cute. Would you like to make a prediction as to who you think will win? <sighs> well, my prediction currently is Greg. Same. Honestly. Because, I mean, I feel like, yeah, the girls have, I mean, you mentioned this in your prior podcast, but the girls have, I guess, an intuition, you know, if they invite the guy for the first date they're generally right like I think either Carl not Carl sorry Greg or like maybe Connor B maybe Mm -hmm. because they both seem pretty genuine guys the others like Aaron definitely not Mike P highly doubtful you like their relationship like unless she takes him out on a one-on-one I don't think so. Probably Yeah, I think... Yeah, I don't know how much longer he's around. I agree. I think... I think it will likely be Greg, as he got the first impression Rose night one, and I suspect Connor B will be... Second up. Right up there. Like, going home, though. Yeah, top four. Um, And then Courtney, no way. Courtney will... He'll be gone, like, next week. You think so? Oh, yeah. Courtney has nothing. I mean, he said, like, a few words in this episode. Although, I have to say, in comparison to, like, Bachelor versus Bachelorette, I noticed that in the, the Bachelorette, the guys that end up going, like, not as noticed, like, they don't have as much airtime, or maybe it's actually the Bachelor. Like, the girl that ends up, like, not as, like, noticeable tends to be the winner in most seasons, but. Yeah. It is kind of often like the underdog wins when it's The Bachelor. So we'll see this season. We'll see who makes it to the end and who Katie picks. But so far, I think she's doing a good job and happy to rehash it every week. As always, always being the third time. Um, I'm going to ask you what your favorite ever moment or person is from all of Bachelor franchise, and you can share it with us. Well, I gotta say, I mean, the only reason why I like this particular Bachelorette is because she also has, you know, sells wine. So, and I'm obsessed with wine, (laughs) as some of you may not know, if you don't know. I love wine. So Caitlin Bristow, obviously, is my is my top. Because she's sort of like the whole wine company, I guess, Spade and Sparrows, which I think is pretty cool. So I would say that she's probably my favorite. And then my favorite moment, I guess. What are, I can't remember what the names were. But there was the one, um, I guess, Bachelorette, who married the guy, the Rosen, Rosenbaum? Yeah, it was like JP, and JP was the guy's name. Ashley Hebert. Oh, Ashley. There we go. Yeah, Ashley and JP. So their cutest moment um, was, I think it was on their first date or second date or something during her season, where she was super distraught about one of the guys and just wanted a really, like, chill date. So he ended up just, like, coming over to their, to I guess, their apartment or complex or wherever they were staying and just basically had just a cute, just one-on-one time just chilling and they were just like sitting by the fire and then she ended up obviously marrying him and I was like it's probably why because like she was going through a tough time and he was like there to be able to support her so that out of like the Bachelor franchise of the ones that I've watched is probably my favorite moment that's so sweet I haven't seen that season I think it's one of the earlier ones so when did you start watching the Bachelor Bachelorette well I didn't start watching until I don't know. You tell me. I didn't watch till we were in university. Like, oh, actually, I think it was Ben uh, Higgins' season was the first season I ever watched. 
um, Ben was not nice. I think Ben was, like, really nice. He's I think his season good. was maybe a little boring, but I had nothing to compare it to, so, like, I will always like Ben Higgins' season. It was the one that got you into this, this realm of Bachelor Bachelorette insanity, I will say, because as I mentioned, every time I tell myself that I won't watch the season, I do. <laughs> and here I am. So this time, and here we are. I may not spoil it for myself. We'll find out. Yeah. So have you tried Caitlin Bristow's wine? I have not. I haven't even seen it. I did go to the liquor store today, but I didn't see it. I think I would have to order it online. I don't know. I looked. So there's this app. For you people out there who are interested in wine, Vivino, great app where you can just scan the bottle when you're in like a, um, a liquor store. And yeah, the reviews aren't that great. So oh. <laughs> am I willing to invest like what? It's $22, $25, I think. So like it, it'd probably be fine if you were in the States and didn't have to pay shipping and stuff. Like if you could just try it, exactly, it would probably be okay, but it's probably not worth ordering. Yeah, probably. Like, if I saw it in the liquor store, yeah, sure, I would, you know, try a bottle. But if I have to order it off of a, like, online website, probably not, so. Well, thank you for breaking everything down with me. Thank you for coming with such fantastic quotes and sharing all about your favorite moments and your favorite bachelorette. And I can't wait to see if your predictions, without spoilers, pan out. Thank you to everyone who listened. Appreciate it. Send me a message if we made any more mistakes about things on this episode. Um, if you have anything else to comment on. But otherwise, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.